0: Hallelujah. How many thank God for his blessing? How many have been blessed by this series that we're in on Ancestry.God? Finding out who we are in God, our spiritual inheritance, our spiritual DNA. How many are thankful for the word of the Lord on last Sunday? Come on, let's thank God for that mighty, mighty word. And uh, uh, I'm grateful that my wife submitted She don't always do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But uh, I told her, I said, you have the word of the Lord for this house today. I have a sermon. I could have preached last Sunday and been fine preaching, but it wasn't the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord was what we heard last Sunday. And how many are thankful for the inheritance? Hey, do we have any laughing airs? Laughing airs. That thing got all over me last Sunday. I mean, I've been laughing all week long. And today I want to go just a little bit deeper in this thing Uh, in Ancestry.God. I want to preach about our thought life. I want to preach about our thought life because we can preach to the people of God and into the people of God, but how many know you can be born again and if you don't think you are? And if you don't think like somebody born again, how many know that it can ruin the blessing God intended to give you in your life? I don't want to find out one day what could have been. I said, I don't want to find out one day what could have been. I want to live my life knowing with a knowledge and a thought life that allows me and positions me to walk in all. Somebody say all. All that God has for me. I want you to go to two places. I want you to go first to uh, Deuteronomy, pardon me, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord in this room. How many love him? It might be raining outside, but I feel his presence in this room. I want to go to Deuteronomy 30 first, and then I want to go to Proverbs 4. And uh, I'll read from the New King James in this Deuteronomy passage. I want to preach today uh, from Proverbs chapter 4. And Deuteronomy chapter 30. And my subject today is it's the thought that counts. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's the thought that counts. How many know your thinking counts? It matters what you think up here in this brain and this mind of yours. And today I want to talk about that. Proverbs four twenty three. when you got it, uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, when you got it, say amen. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and, everyone say and. So and represents something else, meaning that there is a choice involved in what the Lord is presenting them. How many know there's a choice involved? Life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Now this is crazy, but your choice is going to directly affect your descendants. Somebody say, well, it don't matter what I think. Your children have a different opinion of that. Because how many know that God wants you to think in a way that not only brings blessing into your life, but God wants you to have the kind of thought life that invites the blessing of God into your descendants. Wish I had some help in here today. Therefore, choose life. Look at your neighbor tell them, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. Look over at Proverbs 4.23. I'm going to read this out of the contemporary English version. Some of y'all feel like, oh, God, he's going with one of them versions. Just pray for me. It's all right. (laughs) Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of life. Carefully guard your thoughts because your thoughts are the source of your life. It's the thought that counts. Go about your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's the thought. It's the thought that counts. Help us today, God, to teach and preach and hear and receive the word of the Lord. I thank you, Father, for touching hearts in this place today, for touching minds in this place today, for renewing people in this place today on the inside Some of them feel so far away from you, Lord. Draw them close today. Surprise them with love. Overwhelm them with your grace and your mercy. I thank you today, God, that in this house you didn't come to get anybody. You came to bless everybody. And I pray today before they leave, they'll find out how good you are. If they don't know it yet, you're really good, God. You're a good, good Father. And with all of our hearts, your people who you've redeemed, we worship you and we love you. We thank you for all that and so much more. And today, God, we pray that while we teach and preach this word of yours, that your spirit will come and make the preaching and the teaching life changing. You are the preacher, Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. How many would agree with me that what you think in your mind matters? The Bible tells us it matters, and some of us today, we haven't put together yet that how we think determines how we live. A.W. Tozer, one of the greatest theologians of an earlier era, wrote in his masterpiece, Knowledge of the Holy, the most important thing a person can do in life is to think properly and rightly about God. I totally agree with Dr. Tozer. How we think about God determines so much about the life and the quality of life we live. Far be it from me to offer a supplement to Dr. Tozer's masterpiece, but I want to add to the, this morning as an addendum to that truth that the second most important thing we can think about is not just how we think about God, but how we think of ourselves in God, how we understand our identity. In the Lord Jesus Christ. How many saved people are in this room today? If you're saved, then you are in Christ. He's not just out there somewhere. He's not just in heaven waiting on you to get there. If you are saved, he's already living down on the inside of you, in your spirit man. The Bible has much to say about our thought life. As a pastor, I am acutely aware that most of the times the messes we make as God's children and his sheep comes from unfruitful, unhealthy, uh, ungodly thinking patterns that we have in our mind. Because most of our behavior, be it bad or good, always follows thoughts. We act according to how we think. And you may say, Pastor, I thought we were in a series on ancestry and spiritual DNA and being born again and living the born again life. And how does that have anything to do with our thought life? Well, because Proverbs says, as a man or woman thinks in their hearts, so they are. The way you and I think down on the inside actually is a picture. It's a commercial. The thoughts you have are a commercial of the kind of life you want to live. If you want to have a productive, healthy, beneficial, blessed life, how many know you have to have the right kind of thought life? As much as we teach and preach about the newness we experience in Christ and the abundant joy we have as citizens in the kingdom of God, Uh, even as Pastor Devin was talking about last week, having a spiritual inheritance and being an heir with God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, all of these sermons regarding our spiritual identity are unhelpful if we hear them and shout amen in this building, but walk out the door and think differently than the sermon we just heard. Sometimes the truth that we get down in us is sabotaged by by an assaulting barrage of lies, deceiving thoughts, negative thoughts that drive our lives into chaos, confusion, and bondage. And Deuteronomy 30, 19 reminds us today that God in his love and in his goodness gave us all freedom. We are not robots made to do anything. We are not robots that follow uh, the dictate of, of, uh, of a mechanical God. We serve a God who loved us enough to give us freedom. He even gave us the freedom to choose something that would hurt us. Some of us can't believe that about God, but the reality of it is if he didn't give us the freedom to choose something that could hurt us, then we're nothing more than robots who are wound up and march as God tells us to march when in reality we are free people who have a choice and that is why the worship we give him is not mechanical. It is from a heart of love. Anybody who worshiped Jesus today did not worship him because somebody came up and threatened you to worship him. You worshiped him because you wanted to worship him. You worshiped him because you love him. You worship him not because somebody might give you something, but because he already gave you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Nobody had to make me worship God today. I wanted to worship the Lord today. And this is what it is when we choose. God and we choose life. And some people in this room today, our thoughts are always negative, and I want you to know you chose that. And if you want to choose life, then you can. You say, Pastor, there's things hindering me. No, God said, I'm going to let you choose. And I'm not going to put you in a position to blame everybody who raised you and blame everybody you went to church with and blame everybody who hurt you. No, no, no. I'm going to give you the kind of choice that no matter what they said about you, no matter how they hated on you, no matter what kind of traps they set against you, I'm going to let you withstand all that. And at the end of the day, you are going to have the power to choose Life. Look at your neighbor, tell them you can choose life. And you choose life by choosing and deciding to have the right kind of thought life. I submit to you that the greatest potential threat in your life is not a sin you committed 10 years ago, it is not a failure. Your greatest potential threat is not a hater. God, I feel some things get ready to break off in somebody's life. It is not a bad marriage. Somebody's sitting out there today, oh God, I chose the wrong one. Hush. I'm telling you right now, God can turn it all around if you can cooperate with God. Stop cursing your future by saying stuff like that. God wants you to understand you've got this little microscopic view of God that he is somehow held hostage by your mess and by your problem. He's just waiting on you to start believing and trusting and thinking that he really is the God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask a thing. Let me get back to my notes. The greatest potential threat It's not a failure, it's not a hater, it's not a bad marriage, it's not a divorce, it's not a bankruptcy. The greatest potential threat to your future is not even a demon or a devil. The greatest potential threat in your life and mine is between your ears. It is your brain. It is your thought life. And if you keep blaming everything else in life and everybody else instead of how you think, you will continue to empower yourself to think beneath the identity you truly have in Christ. Some of you are kings and priests and you're living like paupers and nobodies. Look at your neighbor, tell them, do you know who you're sitting beside? Conversely, The greatest potential blessing. So I talked about the threat. But the greatest potential blessing that awaits you is not more stuff. It is not more cars. It is not a bigger house. It is not another woman. Let me metal. It is not another man. It is not a better job. The greatest potential blessing that is awaiting you is between your ears. It is a healthy, productive, godly thought life. If you can change how you think, I feel the Lord on me right now. If you can change how you think, you can change how you live. Now, when I preach this, you know, I'm going to be really honest with you. I struggle with these kind of sermons a little bit. And the reason I struggle with them is because if you're not careful, you'll get caught up in self-help. And you'll turn this into humanism. But I'm going to tell you right now, what I'm preaching today is not about you helping yourself at all. What I'm talking about today is you deciding you're not going to hurt yourself no more. How many know it's the Holy Ghost that's the one that makes the difference in our thought life? But some of you just going to have to make up your mind. I need God. Can, can anybody in here help me right there? I need God. I need Him to help me in my thought life. Now. I feel like God said to me, Kevin, it's time for you to start thinking like you're born again. It's time to start thinking like you're born again. I did some study this week, and it freaked me out. Devin got me in this uh, This woman. is fascinating. Her teaching is fascinating. She's a spirit-filled believer, Carolyn Leaf. Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Some of y'all act like y'all know her. Well, look at y'all. She wrote a book called Who Switched Off My Brain? And in this study that I was reading and listening to this teaching last night, and she saw that she loves the Lord, she is a neuroscientist. And she said that God actually made the brain, listen to this, in such a way, and it's located on the front of your brain, in the frontal lobe of your brain. God actually gave you and I the ability to step outside of our thinking to take inventory of how we think and our thought processes themselves. You can actually, this is crazy, and some of y'all looking at me like, what Dr. Phil anointing is on him this morning? (laughs) Listen, you can actually stop your thinking process, step outside of your thinking process, and take an inventory of how you think. It's called self-awareness. Let me ask a question. Have y'all ever met somebody who didn't have any self-awareness? It's something. It is something when you find somebody who don't see how crazy they act sometimes. Y'all not going to help nobody. You know what? This is one of them I know why y'all are tight and it's all quiet in here because you're hoping your neighbor is catching what I'm preaching today. And you're just thankful. You know if you shout too much, your wife is going to get nervous and mad that you're actually praising God while I'm talking about how he's fixing her thinking. But in reality, he's fixing your thinking too, sir. So you don't have to say amen. Just wink at me if I'm helping you this morning. Praise God. Today, what I felt like God wanted us to do was take advantage of this opportunity to step outside of our normal thinking process and take an inventory of what we're really thinking on the inside. Look at someone and tell them, neighbor, it matters what you think. What are you thinking? How many have some kids in here? You claim them? Have your kids ever did something like my kids? And when they come in and they tell you what they did, you say, "What? Were you th- thinking?" Most time they weren't thinking. But how many know God wants us to take an inventory of what we are thinking? Because it is the thought that counts. The journey to healthy thinking let me back up. The journey to a healthy, jo- enjoyable life is tied to a healthy thought life. And the journey to a healthy thought life begins with number one, the ability, take notes, write it, the ability to identify toxic thoughts. How many thoughts do you think a day that are toxic that you don't reject as if they are toxic? Mm-hmm. Come on in here. Monday is garbage day at the Wallace house. Every Sunday night, so my Sunday afternoon includes a nap. I go home on, after Sunday, I have, to have lunch with my family, and when I go home, they will tell you, every one of my kids and my wife will tell you, when I go home on Sunday after lunch, I'm going to the bed. Y'all say, oh, man, you need it. No, 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 I woke up early this morning. Y'all was snoring, I was up praying, praise God. I'm going to take... A nap. When I get up from taking the nap on Sunday night every single week, I take the garbage out. When you go to our garbage can, it stinks. I know you think because we're your pastors, angels float around in our house and our garbage smells like roses. But I'm going to tell you right now, our garbage can stinks. You know why? You open that garbage can, there's all kind of food in that garbage can. I'm talking about clabbered milk, cereal, messed up, nasty, moldy. And y'all not going to help nobody in here. It's bad. I don't eat that mess because that mess is toxic. But the problem is in the kingdom, we think we can have toxic thoughts and not get sick. Some of us need to identify toxic thoughts as garbage and say, that mess stinks and cannot stay in my life. Come on, elbow your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's trash day. And today I came to tell you it's time to identify the garbage and to take that mess out. It stinks. Let me talk about some toxic thoughts. Y'all got time? Well, I'm going to take it then. What are toxic thoughts? If you're going to identify them, you got to know what they are. Number one, I'm just going to put these into two categories here. Number one is toxic thoughts thoughts regarding yourself (sighs) number one take a note, write it down self-exalting thoughts this is toxic this isn't confidence this is arrogance self-exalting you say Bible, you got some Bible for this of course I do, I wouldn't tell you if I didn't have Bible for it 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 Therefore, let him or her who thinks they stand take heed unless they fall. Did you hear what Paul said? Let him or her who. See, we missed these words in the text. They think they're standing. They think they got it all together. They think they're invincible. They think. They're intelligent without God's wisdom. They think they don't need God to make decisions anymore. Self-exalting. They even think they deserve something that God has for somebody else. You didn't say amen on that one. But there are some people in the kingdom of Jesus who think more highly of themselves than they ought. Humility is not thinking less of yourself than you should. It's thinking of yourself less. And we've got this thing marching around in the church. It's called pride. And I don't expect proud people to help me preach right here but pride is destroying people silently not even outwardly but inwardly people are operating in ways that are distant and disconnected from the will of God for their life and they're making decisions that they act like God will bless but God sent me to tell you he will not bless your mess if you haven't humbled yourself and sought his face he is not required to sustain by his spirit what you gave birth to in your flesh Come on in here, Abraham. Talk to the people this morning. He didn't want to wait on the promise. He wanted to make the promise happen in his own time. And when Sarah didn't get pregnant in his time, she said, why don't you come on in here and sleep with my, my maidservant, Hagar? And because she, he slept with Hagar, he had a, a son that was not the son of inheritance. And we are still dealing today with the aftermath of a man who produced something in the flesh that was not ordained or sanctioned by the Spirit. And I'm gonna tell you right now, some of y'all in here, you better be careful what mess you follow because it might look cute and sound like Isaac and it might look cute and it might sound like the promise but if it was birthed in the flesh it'll kill you because the flesh will destroy your life self exalting you're more important than everybody else in the room your ambition is more important you don't discipline I'm not mad at nobody I'm trying to help everybody I'm telling you right now, one of the things in church that we are dealing with in this generation is a generation of people who think that it's all about them. It's narcissism. You are the center of your own world. I'm telling you right now, until you humble yourself and serve God past the place of convenience, you are not qualified for inheritance. I don't even know where this is coming from. This ain't even in my notes, but somebody better catch what I'm telling you today. It's self-exaltation. You are a legend in your own mind. Can't nobody teach you? Can't nobody rebuke you? Can't nobody love you? Can't nobody father you? Can't nobody mother you? I don't even know who I'm talking to, but somebody better hear me today. You better make sure you have not alienated yourself from God and his kingdom. And if you want to know what goes before a fall, you better find somebody in pride because pride goes before a fall. Be careful, family. When these thoughts come to you about it all being, always being about you, I done made everybody mad now. But let me keep on going. A couple days ago, I was in one of them moods to confess, you know, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed coming in. I'm at the mall. I'm at the mall. I said, Lord, I'm thankful that I'm the head. You're going to give me a parking place. Yes, Lord. I ain't parking a mile away, and I need to walk a mile. Favor for me is probably God put me at the end of the parking lot so I can walk myself up to get some exercise. But no, not me. I'm going, I'm going to declare and confess the goodness of God. I am, the, I am the chosen of those. I'm going to have me a parking place. And sure enough, don't you know the goodness of God. Right by Dillard's men's section, the front door right there, the woman came out. I said, oh, look at you, Lord. You are so good to me. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, this joker, a thief and a robber. Y'all don't want to help nobody a thief and a robber came and tried to take my parking place and it hit me in a moment, just like this, the Lord said to me, can you give it to him? What if, what, <laughs> what if God didn't open that parking place up for you, Wallace? What if he opened it up for somebody else? See, this is, and I let him have it and I complained about it the whole time I was in the mall. I mean, I'm telling you, me and God, I said, Father, now you know this ain't right. I had to park down on the end of the row and this man got, I I let him have. That's what I did. I said, come on, get in there. And he was like, oh, look, he's kind. I'm not kind. I wish I could tell you something right now. I got a word for you right now. I'm getting ready to. True story. Sometimes, sometimes we are so self-exalting we think every door is about us. Every opportunity is about us. And I'm going to tell you something, something powerful is released in your life when you can see an open seat and prefer somebody else in front of yourself. Ain't nothing more embarrassing than going into a room and sitting where you think you ought to be and being told that ain't yours. I'll never forget going. I was in Washington a couple of weeks, months ago. This was a couple months ago, and I went into a uh, a, 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 a meeting, and it was a presentation for uh, the, the Latino Hispanic ministry that my friend, Dr. Sam Rodriguez, is leading, and I walked in, me, me and my buddy that were traveling with me. You know Jim Rayleigh. Jim Rayleigh and I went in, and we got there late. Our, our Uber got lost. Oh, God, don't let me go there. <laughs> the Uber got lost, and so we got there late. When we got there, they were starting... They were starting the whole ceremony, and it was already begun. They had already prayed. Everybody's eating breakfast. So this is a big, it was a big room. It was probably as big as the section here, and the only two seats left were in the back corner away from the stage, and then there was a table with five seats right up by the stage that was the main table, okay? So my, some people said, oh, you need to go up there. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to the back corner, right? So I go in the back corner. I get Y'all ever seen boxed water? It's the nastiest mess I've ever had in my life. They brought us boxed water and Cheerios. I said, I don't want none of this. This is a whole, I'm just going to sit here in the back corner. All of a sudden, this person comes up to me and says, you're being requested at the head table. So I said, well, who requested us? And they told me the person who requested us. I said, okay, so then you walk past everybody. And, you know, you walk like you know where you're going. Because when God opens the door for you, you don't have to walk in there. No, 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 no. He called for me. Excuse me. Let me get past real quick. I'm just going to go sit where I was asked to sit. How foolish would it have been for me to walk in and say, that's my seat. I got to hurry through this. But self exaltations killing some of us. It's a toxic thought. Stop being so self-centered. Prefer other people. Well, if I don't prefer myself, no, ain't nobody going to prefer me. You don't trust God. God is the greatest marketing director you'll ever have in your life. He'll never hide you too long and promote you too soon. Ah, I said, I'm going to rewind that one, say it one more time. He'll never hide you too long or promote you too soon. Self exalting, it's toxic. Number two, not only is there, are there self exalting thoughts that we need to identify, self destructive thoughts. So, on one hand, the enemy will use An extreme on both ways. One is self-exalting, the other is self-destructive. You're not able. You're not qualified. You're not worthy. You blew it. You disqualified yourself. You're not beautiful. You're not good looking enough. They don't like the way you look. They don't like the way you sing. You can't sing. Shut up. Sit down. You can't teach. You can't preach. You can't talk. You don't even like people. You ain't smart enough. You ain't wise enough. You ain't educated enough. Have you ever started processing some of these things? You're not worthy enough. All the sins you committed, you can't be used by God. That is self-destructive thoughts. That is not normal. It is not from God. It is not your course of thinking. Amen. If you are trapped in a pattern of self-destructive thoughts, the spirit of the living God sent me today to intercept what has been choking the life of God out of you. I came to tell you that this thought process that you're stuck in has got to change. There are people sitting in this room today. You get afraid of the same things. You get fearful of the same things. You get paralyzed in life by the same things. Your mama struggled with it. Your daddy struggled with it. You struggle with it. I am come to tell you that that thought process has got to come to an end. It is not normal. It is not scriptural. It is not godly. It is not the plan of God for your life. You cannot sit there and let thoughts go through your mind telling you how you ain't smart enough. You ain't capable enough. You're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. And before you know it, your day is just a horrible day. It is just like falling apart, and it all started with this unseen world that started shaping your seen world. Who am I helping in here right now? You can't, when when those thoughts begin to come to you, you know what the Bible said? Agree with your adversary. I'm getting ready to set somebody free right here. Agree with your adversary. The next time the devil comes up and puts a thought like a seed in your mind and says, you're not worthy. You ought to say, you know what, enemy? I know I'm not worthy. But when I got born again 14 years ago on a Sunday night, he made me worthy. You're not smart enough. You know what, devil? I know I'm not smart enough, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world you know what you're not educated enough oh no I'm not educated enough but he gives me wisdom when I ask for it and gives me knowledge beyond myself you got to learn how to agree with the devil and put him in his place up hop self-destructive I used to be so insecure I'm telling you, I used to be so insecure. And, and there are people sitting in here today in insecurity. And you know, you, you, I remember for the longest time I was preaching and didn't even graduate from college. And I believe everybody ought to be educated. Don't misunderstand what I'm getting ready to say. I had a professor tell me one time, I didn't pull teeth. No, my son didn't pull teeth until he got his doctorate in dentistry. You ought not preach until you get your doctorate in ministry. I left that room and cried. I said, man, I'm so, I, can't, I can't even get a bachelor, much less a doctorate in ministry. How am I going to wait that long? it takes take me 33 years to get a doctorate in ministry. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know some people, and I'm thankful for the education that I went on to, to complete. How many know we ought to complete our process of education? Some people do it in four years. I was on that 18-year plan. Glory to God. Devin gradu- graduated summa cum laude I graduated thank you, Lordy How <laughs> I many you know what I'm talking about? Now I believe in education But I'm going to tell you right now The problem with some people Is that they get themselves Caught in a trap of thinking that what they did is the thing that provides the power for who they are to become. I want to tell you right now, education should be pursued by everybody in the kingdom of God. But it is not the power that gives you and I the ability to come who we are to become. If you want to be who you're supposed to be, you got to think like you're supposed to think. Because as you think in your life, so are you. Self-destructive. Stop killing yourself. You're killing yourself with your own thoughts. And they're not godly. Well, you know, it's just how I think will change it. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Number three. uh Uh-oh, this is going to get, here we go. Toxic thought category number three. Critical thoughts. I'm getting ready to make some folk real mad, and I'm going to have joy when I do it. Can I tell you what makes me sick? Judgmental people. Always critical, always finding problems, never brought one solution to the party. People are getting all squeamish and tight right now, gathering their purses. How, Jesus said, can you judge a man who has a toothpick in his eye and you had to step over the telephone pole in your own eye? Jesus, help me teach today. It's critical. Well, you know, if it was my church, if it was my ministry, if it was my Sunday school class, if it was my Bible study, if, it, if I was the pastor of that department, if it was me running the sound and the lights, always critical. I wouldn't have painted these walls dark, gray. Who did this? We need some mauve and country blue in here. <laughs> critical. And I would be offended if it was the only place you got critical. But you treat your family the same way when you, get, when you leave this house. And you criticize your wife. And you criticize your husband. And you criticize your children. And you criticize your mama and them. And you criticize your boss. And you criticize the people at the food store. And you criticize, you criticize everybody. Because you got a critical thought pattern that nobody's ever told you. You ought to stop thinking that way. It's producing a lot of negativity in your life. Your marriage is a mess because you're critical. Well, he'll never be nothing. If daddy was nothing, he'll never be nothing. Stop speaking to the fool in him and start speaking to the king in him. You get around your your girlfriends, if you take the first 30 minutes to dog your husband out, you got a critical spirit. The next time you have coffee, sit there and sip your coffee and say, I married a knight in shining armor. I married my hero. He's the jam in my jelly roll. (laughs) You keep speaking to the fool in him, he'll keep acting like one. He don't know how to fix nothing. He, don't, he breaks everything he puts his hands on. Walk in there the next time. Say you know what? You can do anything. Quit being so critical. Quit being critical to your wife. Well, you know I'd like you better if you dressed like this. You know what? She's not your she's not your little image. You got a problem, sir. You still trying to make her that mess you used to look at before you got born again. I am not getting no friends right now. I see men getting red-faced at me right now. You're critical. Got a judgmental spirit. And I found out people like that in the church, they go start their own mess. I'm getting ready to say it. I don't give a flying rip. I don't like that church. What you going to do? Run down start another one. I don't like that Bible study. I'm going to start my own. I don't like that ministry. I'm going to start my own. You got a critical spirit. And God don't bless stuff that was birthed out of criticism. Say amen church. And then you find somebody else critical and you go get critical with them and invite you to the, they invite you to the thing they started in criticism. And now you're all critical. Oh God It's crazy Fighting all these demons there, Fighting all this men No I ain't fighting you I don't wrestle flesh and blood I wrestle principalities That you didn't know was a principality When it started talking to you And instead of rebuking it You entertained it Brought it into your house Listened to it for a while And produced something Out of something that was illegal In the first place judgmental, toxic thinking. Better get your mess straight. It'll kill you. Do you know what people who, I don't want to take a poll, but if I took a poll, do you know how many people are sitting in this church that have been members of more than 20 churches? Pastor, why do you say stuff like this? Because it wears me out. Because there's a spirit loose in this region. It's a religious spirit that makes you think you know stuff you don't know. And you run around talking about everybody. You say, Pastor, who are you talking to? I don't know, but somebody's catching it. You better catch it right now. I do not spend time with people who the first five minutes I get to know them walk up to me and talk about where they came from in a bad way. I ain't doing it. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to leave me too. And the next place you go, you're going to go talk about me. So what I'm going to do is love you while you're here and bless you when you leave. I stopped. You better hear what I'm telling you. I stopped laying up late at night trying to keep people who came for their dog and pony show but did not come because they believe in the vision or the assignment on this house. If you love this house, it don't matter what you get to do in this house. You do it unto God and for God. And if it ain't about your dog and pony show... Now, I I also stay up at night trying to help people find their purpose and their destiny. I literally stay up that night. Devin will tell you, I get worried about people. I, I know some of you don't think I know who you are. I just see your face come to me in prayer and I say, God, I don't know what they're going through, but help them. Lord, you help them find their purpose. I get worried about people. I check on people. I text and call people. Are you okay? I have seen you in a little while. Just making sure you're all right. Why do you do that? Because I'm a shepherd and I love sheep. And when you love sheep, you smell like sheep and you deal with sheep and you live with sheep and you lead sheep. And when sheep start going astray, you don't just forget about it. You go out there and you say, You know what? I got a staff and a rod. You got to come back in because God. God ain't through with your life yet. Some of us are living a product of critical lives. We are critical of everybody. I'm going to tell you right now, you are not the sum total of wisdom and knowledge. And if you ever think that you know it all and everybody else is in need of finding out what you already know, you set yourself up to be isolated. And the enemy will feast on that in your life. I'm encouraging you in love and admonishing you in the Spirit of God today. Stop being so critical and judgmental of people. It will not lead to a prosperous life, and it will not lead to the kind of future you think you're following to. What happens, Pastor, when we identify toxic thoughts? The Bible tells us what to do in 2 Corinthians. It says that we are to take every thought captive that literally means i should have got the handcuffs from wiggly today oh my goodness you know we have a cop we have a couple of cops every sunday somebody said why do we have cops for safety because you ever cross that road out there it takes a miracle of the parting of the red sea to get across that road right there you come across that road people are like oh i better run that car is slowing down any at all so we put cops on the road to slow people down If I brought Wiggly in here, he would bring me his handcuffs. You handcuff something to arrest it and bring it up under subjection. When you find toxic thoughts in your life, in your marriage, in your children raising, in your job situation in this church. When you find toxic thoughts, if you let that thought go unchecked and unarrested, it will bring other thoughts into your mind and it will begin to seize your thinking process until your thinking becomes cloudy and you can't process correctly and confusion and chaos set in on your mind. You've got to learn the power of Christ crucifying thoughts and bringing thoughts that are unhealthy into subjection and arresting them so that you can replenish your thought life with kingdom of God, scripturally healthy thoughts. So what does that look like, Pastor? Practically, how do I take thoughts captive? Come here. Mateo, come here. Mateo, you're going to be Jesus. You're a good Jesus, Mateo. You're a bad thought. You're a bad thought, okay? So this is a bad thought. He comes to your mind, and he comes into your thinking, and let's just say it's a self-destructive thought. You're not smart enough, bright enough, wise enough, good enough, intelligent enough, good-looking enough. You're not any of that, and you start getting in my thinking process. And listen to me carefully. Your brain is different than your mind. I don't even have time to go into this. Your brain is that three pounds of tofu-like substance that is between your ears, right? That's your brain. That is not your mind. Your mind is your soul. It's, your, it's the place, the seat of your emotions, your will. The, the, this is where we feel things and get em- It's all in the soul, in the mind. Then you have the spirit. So we could talk, I don't have time, but we could talk about spirit, soul, and body. You're a triune being just like the God who made you. So when, when thoughts come to your mind, Your brain, being directed by your spirit, decides whether you will entertain and process that thought or whether you will reject and replace it. When you decide to entertain it, the way your brain is created, it literally starts creating trees that build on one another. Jesus, help me teach this today. And these these little trees that break out are, are products of thoughts that go unchecked. And you literally start following this process of thinking about this thought. And until your brain, being led by your spirit, decides to stop the thought in your mind, your mind that has not been held in check by your brain, which is being led by your spirit, will continue to process the thought in a way that continues to produce confusion and chaos and bondage. When you look at this tree, it's like a tree. When you put it under a real, 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 real powerful microscope, it's like a tree that keeps splintering off. It's actually the tree of death. Which is why when you start filling your mind with godly, scriptural, healthy thoughts under a powerful, powerful microscope That same brain produces a different kind of tree that leads to a different kind of decision that produces a different kind of resolution that produces a different kind, put your hand on my head, a different kind of behavior. Really, it's about your spirit telling yourself to handle the mess going on in your mind. And if your mind is able to process unhealthy, toxic thoughts in a way that is not, Intercepted by your spirit, you will live a life that is a product of negative thought after negative thought after negative thought, and it keeps producing these negative trees of death. <laughs> when in reality, when the thought comes in for the first time, and the spirit says, Tell that mess, it ain't welcome. In fact, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be held against you in the court of heaven. And I'm taking this evil, nasty, negative, hateful, messed up, destructive thought. What does the Bible say in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5? Take every thought in captivity and bring it to the obedience of Jesus Christ in other words when that thought comes in it doesn't get to produce another thought that leads me to another thought that leads me to another thought that produces tree after tree of death in my life no I'm not going to listen to that in my mind I'm going to let my spirit tell my body that my my brain is going to work for the glory of God and stop that mess and now my mind is going to have to be filled with truth So it comes, you take this thought. I know this sounds crazy, but you have, you, in some way you do this. If you don't go through this process, you get real, it gets crazy. You take, your mind, you take that thought and you say, this thought exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, pastor, how do I know what the knowledge of God is? I'm glad you asked. Touch three people, tell them, read your Bible. If you don't know the Bible then a thought can come to your mind and your brain doesn't know whether it's, your brain is is trying to figure out what am I going to empower. Your mind is trying to determine what is truth. If you don't know the truth, you can't believe a lie, which is where most people get messed up. It's not that they don't know something bad, it's that they don't know something good. And if you don't know something good, then something that looks good but is really bad can become a trap of death for you and I. So you take this thought, you say, so this thought comes to you, right? This thought comes to your mind and it comes into your thinking and it says, Kevin, you're not handsome enough. You are not good enough. You are not smart enough. You are not tall enough. You are not short enough. You can't sing well enough. You can't teach or preach well enough. And you sit there and you listen to it and you start, and you're too old. Uh Uh-huh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Somebody just heard them thoughts this morning. You're too old to be good in the kingdom anymore. You're too young to be used in the kingdom. You, You hadn't waited long enough or you waited too long. When those thoughts come, the knowledge that you have How did you get the knowledge? You read the Bible. The knowledge that you had, you get the word down in you. When you have knowledge on the inside and something from the outside tries to invade the knowledge that you have, the knowledge of the word rises up and says, oh, no. Talk to the hand. Because the Bible told me I'm everything I'm supposed to be. I got everything I need to have. I have been fully furnished to finish the call of God on my life. I may have waited too long or I may have started too early, but whatever it is, God is able to redeem the time in my life and he's able to open every door that I need. So I know this is not a healthy thought. Is this too simple for some people? I know this is not a healthy thought. This is a toxic thought. So I'm going to take this thought into captivity, drag it back to the feet of Jesus and tell Tell that thought, you will not have authority in my life. And when untrue thoughts come into the presence of truth, it bows down every time. Bow down every time. Bow down. Stay bowed down. Stay bowed down. If some of us don't get a revelation of truth in our spirit, we have no power to enforce victory over toxic thinking. Now, thank you, Isaiah. Thank you, Mateo. Tell him you love him. Let me finish with this. When you arrest... I'm almost finished. Brian, come help me. When, When you arrest toxic thoughts, and you take them to Jesus and you make them submit to the truth of God's word, then you are tasked with the pleasure of filling yourself with things that lead to good thoughts. Now, I want you to open your Bible to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. The Bible said, listen carefully what the Bible says. The Bible said, whatsoever things are good, noble, Lovely, just, of a good report. Ready for this? Think on these things. Have you ever felt like I cannot control what I'm thinking? No, no, come on, for real. Somebody in here? I cannot control what I'm thinking. Yes, you can. Paul would not have told you what to think about if you couldn't control what you think about. Here's the thing. The Bible said in the book of Philippians to think on these things. The book of Colossians says it this way. Set your affection on things above. You can control what you think. Isn't it amazing? Don't miss this. Isn't it amazing that Paul does not say whatsoever things are evil, whatsoever things are horrible, whatsoever things are tragic, whatsoever things are depressing. Don't think on these things. Because not thinking on bad things does not produce a healthy thought life. If you want to have a healthy thought life, it's not about just abstaining from bad things. It's about filling your heart and mind with good things. So I'm not going to wait for bad thoughts to come till I get motivated to have a healthier thought life. I'm actually going to choose life. And because I choose life, that means I'm going to feast on good things. And when I feast on good things, though, I'm telling you, I really believe this on my heart. Most of the time, our problem is not just that bad thoughts come. It's that we never filled our heart with good things in the first place. We would have to replace a whole lot less bad thoughts if we were filled up with good thoughts. Well, how do I get good thoughts? Have a great word life. Have a great prayer life. Enjoy life. say, Pastor, I don't want to enjoy life. The world's full of evil. Well, don't let that cause you to live a life of misery. This morning when I woke up, I got up early this morning. When I got up early this morning, I was reading about El Paso and Dayton. Now America needs healing. And, and I don't know if anybody else felt this way or not, but this, when you start listening to all this, your heart gets broken and you start getting overcome with sorrow. And it's like this feeling of what kind of crazy world am I living in? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know what I had to do to get it off of me? I had to turn on worship music. And I had to walk around and pray in the Holy Ghost for about 45 minutes. And when I got through praying in the Holy Ghost, I was convinced of a couple things. It's bad, but God is better. It's dark, but the light is brighter. Yeah, there's some crazy people in this world, but there's also some godly people in this world. See, you got to process. we got to process this according to the Word of God. we got to not just avoid bad thoughts, but we got to fill our heart with good things. When you get filled up with good things, you don't have to worry so much about all the bad stuff coming in. I thought today, I thought today, who most expresses this whole thing of a positive thought life? And Chad, I want you to help me. Can you put up who I think, yes. Yes, that's him. There are no mistakes. It's just happy little accidents. Maybe there's a happy tree and a, a little bird. Maybe this little creek is, never mind, you know what I'm talking just <laughs> happy. Sometimes, sometimes you have to get away from the toxic negativity and decide, I will rejoice in the Lord. Well, that ain't deep enough. You're too deep. God came to establish a kingdom based on three foundations, righteousness, peace, and joy. One-third of the kingdom of God is joy. All the depressed people and all of the mean religious people just got mad at me. I came to tell you a third of the kingdom is joy. If that's not your testimony, then we're going to keep preaching it and believing it with you and for you until your experience lines up with God's promise. Look, I'm done. One thought can change your life. You believing in one right, holy, positive thought can change your life. You say, Pastor, do you have scripture? Absolutely, and I'm done with this. Luke 15, and I didn't know I was going to close this way until I was in prayer this morning, but somebody needs this. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. This is Luke 15, 17 through 18 in the Passion Translation. This is the story of the prodigal. He takes his inheritance, goes to a far-off place, wastes all of his money, loses everything he has, almost dies in a famine. He's standing in a pig field. Slop is coming between his toes. Husks are all over his feet. He feels dead on the inside. He has wasted his whole life. And look at verse number 17. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. And he thought. He thought. One thought. What did he think? He thought, if I can just get home. I thought I could spend everything. I thought I could find a party and it'd make me happy. I thought I could find a woman and she'd make me happy. I thought I could get a better job and it would make me happy. And I wasted my whole life. But then he came to himself and he thought... There are servants in my father's house who eat and are taken care of. If I can just get home, dad will take care of me again. Somebody this morning has been thinking a whole lot of thoughts about wasting and spending it and doing it your way. But somebody's having one thought right now, I gotta get back home one thought negative thought after negative thought stand with me just hang out for a minute with me right here negative thought after negative thought after negative thought after negative thought and he comes to himself and has a thought if I can just get home it's the thought that counts what are you thinking What's going on on the inside? Some precious people in this room today who would say, Pastor Kevin, I'm away from God. I really feel like I was going to end this message talking just to a handful of people, maybe one or two or three people who came to this church today and feel a million miles away from God, but you just had a thought. You had a thought, and the thought crossed your mind. If I can just get back home to dad. If I can just get back to the father's house. He won't reject me. Holy Ghost do your work. He'll take me back. I'll pray for everybody who needs prayer for their thought life in just a moment. But while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're in this room and you would say pastor you're talking to me. And I feel like I've wandered away. But today I need to come back home. And I just had this thought cross my mind. Today I want to come home. If that's you and that I'm talking to you, just lift your hand where you're standing right now. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I know this ain't everybody. I'll pray for everybody in a minute, but let me pray for people who feel like they need to come back home. You're just having a thought right now. I want to come and get back to the Father's house. If you lifted your hand, or you should have. It's an old song. I said, Lord, I can't sing this song. It's so old. He said, Sing the song. I said, Okay, God, I'll sing this song. I'm gonna sing it one time. And while I'm singing, if you need to come home and that thought crosses your mind, I need to come home. I've wandered far. Away from God But now I'm coming home The path of sin So long I've tried but now, I'm coming home. Somebody's thinking about coming home. I just want you to come stand with me and I want to pray. Home is the kingdom of God. Home is his peace and presence. And this morning, if you've spent all your head You feel empty on the inside. And you're wondering if he'll take you back. I don't like like making it any way feel like it's manipulation, but I'm telling you somebody needs to come back to the Lord today. I want you to just come stand with me right here. They'll pray with you, but I want you to come stand with me because I feel like God is calling somebody home this morning. You can come home. You can come home. I'm going to sing, I'm coming home. Come on right now. I'm coming home. more to roam. Come here, sweetheart. Come on. Open wide. Thine arms of love. Somebody, somebody else, Lord, I'm coming, I'm coming home, I'm coming home. I'm singing for somebody. Come on, I'm coming. Somebody's thinking about it. I'm telling you, if you'll come, he'll take you just like you are. Come on. Oh, Come on, sweetheart. Open wide thine arm. Don't run from him. Come on home. Oh, Lord, I'm coming. Home, I'm coming. Come on, I'm singing for you. I'm coming home coming home more. come on, sweetheart, come on to Rome, there's some more of you that need to come, The thoughts crossing your mind, come on and elders, wives, come help me, please. I want you to stretch your hands toward this altar right now. Oh, they're still coming. It's wonderful. Come on, baby. We'll wait. We'll wait. That's right. I'm coming home. God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Stretch your hands toward the altar. People are coming back home this morning, and I want them to know that heaven's gates are open wide. The love of God is still flowing. God is not through with their life yet. Hallelujah. Oh, he's blessing your life, son. He's blessing your life, son. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do. <laughs> oh my God. I thank you for watching us. I feel God in this room right now. I wish somebody would praise him. Ah, come in. Thine arms of love, Lord, I'm coming home. If you need God to touch your thinking, and today you commit, I read this, they continue to pray, take 63 days to establish a new pattern of behavior want God to rewire your mind and your thinking and establish new patterns in you come on lift your hands if you do I believe God's gonna release grace on this church today to change our thinking would you pray with me right now Father in Jesus name heal us change our thought life God I pray you'll help us shift our thinking take us out of self exaltation and self-destruction and critical thinking and thought processes that are not healthy for our life Lord teach us how to live with a purpose and choose life in our thinking today Holy Spirit I pray for our church that as you take us from glory to glory you'll take us from one thinking pattern to another thinking pattern and we'll begin to think healthy thoughts and live with healthy thought processes God I pray we'll renew our minds according to your word And you'll help us to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Bless the people today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody who loved God said amen. Amen. I'll see you Wednesday night, church. We love you. Go in the peace of God. May the Lord bless you this morning.